morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we would normally go over a little bit about yesterday's slate, take a look at sharp players' lineups, uh, talk a little bit about today's slate. Uh, maybe not the early one. It's, it's a small early one, but the later one. I think there's eight games slate tonight, seven o'clock Eastern. We'll talk a bit about that. We'll talk primarily about the FS strategy here. It could go all over the place. Whatever questions you got, whatever questions you got about DFS strategy, doesn't have to be baseball. It could be anything. Soccer, golf. We got US, US Open, right? That that started. Well, they're, they're in a fog delay, I think, right? I may I made some golf lineups, right? I, I may I made 300 golf lineups. I went, I went from uh, I got invited into like a free roll. A private thing, a private whatever. Someone won a lot of money, and they said, "I'm going to give it. I'm going to give a bunch away, right?" And then you could be in this little free roll or whatever for being friends with them or whatever. So I just okay, I got to make I got to make a lineup. I got to make a lineup for this. It's free. It's free EV, right? And I'm like, ah, my, I might as well. I mean, I, I I play PGA once in a blue moon. I played for a while. I played for like a year and a half. I'm still down lifetime playing golf DFS. Okay. I mean, I had some decent, you know, up there type of things, but still I'm down, I'm down money in PGA. So it's just like, it's done. And, and back then I had a process now, now screw the process, right? Play whatever you want. That's exactly what I did. I made, I made 300 lineups in about seven minutes, about seven minutes. I did some style. look there and look there. I made some things and I spurred it around. I did some, did some, this and this, and I just seven minutes. There you go. Throw it in. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. So maybe we can talk about golf DFS if you want, if you want. Uh, but uh, I see you guys in the chat. Uh, Doug Montgomery, Daniel Hitchings, Eric Hiltabold, Cartfan, Brandon McNeil, buying Nickel Dompier, Frederick Duke, Mac Mears, Shannon Lampert. Hit that thumbs up button. I got the apple juice. I got, uh, we got, we got our Kroger order. We got some apple juice. Mott's, the smaller ones, right? These are eight ounces. The Minute Maid ones are 10 ounces. So, so this this will go a little bit a little bit quicker. I got two ounces less apple juice this morning, but hit that thumbs up button. Hit the thummy thumbs. Help us out here. Hit the subscribe button if you're new. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, I would talk about yesterday's slate. We would if, uh, if results DB wasn't down. They're working on it. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that something they uploaded the PGA stuff and then something broke. Something broke in results, DB. They're working on it. So I, I can't even look. What happened yesterday? What did happen yesterday? With the Giants. Giants. I, I played a bunch of Red Sox again against Ian Anderson. They did well, but just like not well, just not well enough. Like they scored like 10 runs without hitting a home run, right? They didn't hit, a, didn't hit any home runs, right? And they had just a lot of doubles and what I mean, just didn't. Overall, it was fine if other teams didn't go off like the giants or the Astros. The Astros had 700 home runs yesterday and it was the bottom of the order, right? It's like, okay, Chaz McCormick, Miles Straw and Martin Maldonado. And then Altuve has two and Chaz McCormick has two and Bregman got injured. So that destroyed so many lineups of mine, right? Cause I, I would have the Astros, Astros, Red Sox and Zach Wheeler over DeGrum on uh FanDuel, right? We had DeGrum pitching three innings, and then, then he's injured. It was it was it was fine on 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 DraftKings though. DraftKings he got like twenty two points, 
But on FanDuel, he got 33, which is, I mean, great. 33, but three innings is, is ridiculous. But it's, you know, it's not going to help you. It's not going to get you there when other pitchers could could pitch, could get m- many more points with the quality start and the win and everything. So so I had a Wheeler, Red Sox, Astros lineup that has like a Bregman zero, right? In it, right? Because I had McCormick, I got Altuve. And then it's like Alvarez and Brantley, just, and then Bregman, zero. Right, most people that you play that in the middle, right? Because the Red Sox were lower owned, so it's like, why, why do I have to get that different, right? Why am I playing Miles Straw? But apparently, that was the way to go. I mean, Maldonado wasn't really that owned on the Fanduel, like the catcher first base position. And then, yeah, the pinch hit grand slam. Oh, yes, you're right, Arroyo. That's now that they scored the runs on that play. Now I remember, right? They scored ten runs, but. Four of them were on a Christian Arroyo Grand Slam. Right. I wish he started. I would have played him instead of Marwin Gonzalez. So uh, who were my pre- main primary stacks last night? Last night, uh, taking a look, uh, Boston, Boston, Arizona. I would say I, I was the most, most on Boston and Arizona. And then I had a bunch of everything else. I had a little bit, Boston, Arizona, Cleveland, yeah, it looks like that. Boston, Arizona, and Cleveland. And then obviously I had Braves and Astros. I had some Orioles. I had some some Minnesota, some San Francisco, some Yankees. I mean, I play I play a wide, wide array. But I would say Boston and Arizona would be that was that was my prime that was my primary four man stacks. Uh so yeah, that I mean. Did I do well yesterday? No, I but I mean I made money on FanDuel. I lost on DraftKings. But whatever. Whatever. Stuff happens. Right? I played ground on, on DraftKings. I played the uh, DeGrum and Cranky. Like that combination. Right. So losing night overall, but whatever. That you're gonna lose 90% of the time anyway. All right. Daniel Hutchins says winning lineup in the bat flip since we don't have the results DB. The, the nerdy tenor will tell us about it. Uh, 5-3 Houston, San Francisco with DeSclafani and Stripling. Stripling! Oh, he came out. Cy Stripling. Right, blanking the Yankee. I mean, he didn't blank him, but he might as well have been, right? Nine strikeouts. Uh, people attacked him. And, and the Yankees were under-owned on, on FanDuel. And Ricky D got fifth with 5X Houston with Ober and DeGromi. Okay, you can over, over-pitch well enough, right? Seems like what? It, 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 <laughs> Daniel, do you have results? I mean, you probably you have the CSV. I mean, you probably downloaded it or whatever. I don't do that anymore. I haven't done that in, in since results DB existed because it's a pain pain in the ass. Download the CSV and then you organize and you have to sort and you have to look up stuff and move stuff around and count things. And I'm not going to do that in Excel. I'm, I'm lazy. I'm really lazy. Josiah Smith, hey, Blender and Lineup HQ, is there a way to set a min and a max exposure to the teams you stack? Yes, of course. It's on the stacks page. Since we don't have results DB today, feel free to just post in, post in whatever the hell you want to talk about. It's like 20, good good 20 minutes of the show has just disappeared because I have nothing to look at, right? You use the stacks page. So like on, on like FanDuel, for instance, like here, you just go to the stacks page. You set your minimums of like, if you're, if, let's say you're building four fours right? You're building four fours, hundred percent. And then you set whatever, as long as it equals to like, like a hundred, it'll give you whatever you want, whatever you want. 
I want 12% of that. I want 8% of this. I want 20% of that. And, and then your secondary, you know, secondaries are like, I mean, it's kind of the same. It's four, four. So it doesn't really matter. Just whatever they add up to. So there you go. It's the stacks page. And if you wanted like not play ninth hitters, you could do that. I mean, I never use these, but whatever. That's it. It's easy. If you never used lineup HQ before, you should. That's why I said it's it's all team based. So there's the stacks page. Feel free to sign up as a Roto Grinder, Roto Grinders premium member. Click on the link in the description. You get ten dollars off your first month. Get full access to lineup HQ and all the projections that we have. Not the bat projections for MLB, but the plate IQ projections. Yeah, that's easy. Stacking is easy. Okay, let's see. So feel free to type in your questions. And we, 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 got, pl- we got plenty of time. We got nothing to talk about. Uh, Christopher Schumacher, can you talk about strategies for using the only in stacks function in lineup HQ? Seems like you really want to use high-owned players as one-offs. Well, you can. A lot of the times what I'm doing only in stacks is like those, those the low projected hitters in stacks that I'm in, in teams that I'm playing. So let's say we go to like Atlanta. There's there's a good example. Okay. So I take a look, I take a look at this, like I, I'll organize it by the order. Like, do I want an end, ender uh in CRT one-off? Probably not. Will he end up being a one-off? Maybe not at his projection. But maybe I don't want Contreras and Enciarte. Like I don't mind them in a in a in a brave stack, but not like as one-offs. Right? You do something like that. And if you want strategically to say Acuna is going to be mega owned, I don't want him as a one-off. Like you could do that. That for strategic purposes. But for the most part, I go through the teams and like no, I'm not. I probably not going to play Contreras or Enciarte on. On FanDuel, this is FanDuel especially. So like that, you go to, you go like, okay, we're going to go to Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee, maybe you don't mind because they, they project well, right? You go to, uh, I don't know, I'm going to play, I'm going to play the, the the Mets against Hendricks and be like, do I want to play McCann Pillar? Do I want to play these guys? Do I play Luis Guillorme or whatever? As He's probably not going to come up anyway with his projection, but maybe I, only in stacks. If I'm, if I'm playing Mets stacks, I probably won't even play Mets stacks. Toronto, right? You look down to Reese McGuire on, on, do you want to play him as a one-off? He probably doesn't show up as a one-off with his projection, but just just to be safe, right? Maybe you, maybe you don't play Joe Panic, right? Do I want a Joe Panic one-off? Probably not. So there you go. And then if you want st- for strategic purposes, if you're building, especially if you're building chalky lineups, as it is, if you sort by ownership, if this ownership is accurate, let's say you don't want Kirsten Yelich as a one-off or Upton. Is Upton going to be that owned today? 3,300 on FanDuel? Maybe. I don't know. So you take a look here. Maybe maybe, maybe you only Yelich in stacks. Just easy. It's just one button to do this. This is this, We just added this this season. This is a such a time saver because you could accomplish this by doing groups, but it's a pain in the ass. But there you go. And let's say here's another here's another way to use only in stacks. Let's say I'm not saying it happens today because there's no weather today. Let's just say, as an example, I always have to say this because people listen later. 
They go, I thought you said that that so-and-so was going to be rained out. Like nothing. I'm using this as an example. Let's say, for example, that uh, there's, there's weather issues possibly in Atlanta. Let's just say. It's orange. Oh, my God, it's orange. And, you know, Atlanta's going to be, you know, ooh. But you don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a delayed start. Maybe they don't get the game in. If you're building multiple lineups, maybe you want to play Atlanta because now their ownership is going to start coming down because people are going to go like, ah, I'm too scared to play the Braves. But maybe you don't want to, if you're playing uh, the 20 lineups, you don't want one Brave in all 20 and then the game rain, you know, postpone and then you have a zero stuck in all your lineups. So you could go and just say, I want all, just only in stacks for the whole team. So now let's say I'm making 100 lineups. I want 10% the Braves. Well, I'll get 10, five-man, four-man, whatever site you're on in those lineups, but I won't get any of these guys as one-offs. So you have 10 Brave stacks lineups and then 90 lineups that don't even contain any of the Braves as, as one-offs. Now, if you're using secondary stacks, now they may appear, right, five threes on, on DraftKings because the three-man stack is part of the secondary stack. So let's say you want 10% primary in a five and 5% in a three or something, whatever you want, five or 10, whatever, 15 altogether. Well, that's going to be the only lineups that have the Braves in it. The other 85 lineups, if the game gets postponed, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about it. So that's another way to use only in stacks. So it allows you to play a team and just, okay, I want to take a shot on this, you know, it's uh, it looks looks bad, but it's a good spot, and people are getting off of it. Just make sure that just just the stacks in there, so you could do it that way. Uh, interesting tidbit from Daniel Hutchins: 150 Mackers made up 48 percent of lineups in the backflip. This is yesterday. Seems like 150 years will max everything. Therefore, the smaller the main contest, the tougher it will be. Yeah, that that is true. Probably, probably it's a lower percentage on FanDuel because the contest is cheaper and the contests are bigger. DraftKings is noticeably sharper than than FanDuel. I mean, and I, I, I only because I haven't played on FanDuel regularly for until this year. I mean, every once in a while, one lineup hard to handle two sites, but in NBA like this year, and then in MLB, it just like the ownership is like people are. People are much less owned than I expect on certain things. You go, why, why, why is this guy, you know, we had one slate a while back where like Cole was like 32% owned where it's like, dude, I thought this would be 60. I'm like, who's, what are people rostering? I have no idea. Uh, Samuel Johnson asks, uh, do you usually pick two to three teams for the primary bigger stack and then have a wide range for secondary? Not necessarily. It's for, it's in proportion. Like, I don't, like, I'm playing 150 lineups. I'm not playing, like, when I said I had the Red Sox and the Diamondbacks yesterday, I had the Red Sox as a primary stack in 16% of my lineups. I had the Diamondbacks in 14% of my lineups. Okay? Just to give it, they were the most, but I also had, like, 8% Cleveland. I also, I had uh, 6% Yankees. I had uh, the, I had eight percent Philly against against uh, Kershaw, and I still had ten percent Atlanta and ten percent Houston, but I tried to play in those in those primaries. I tried to play make sure to play more 
uh, Guriel and and McCormick and you know stuff at the bottom. You know, weird because obviously they, they were high owned. Like Giants, I I think I had eight percent Giant right. Like Boston, I had twice as much of than most other teams, but still twice. I, I'm not playing in thirty. You could. You could say screw it. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna bet on I'm gonna bet on two teams, play f- primary stacks fifty percent of your lineups, and then spread out the rest for secondaries. You could do that, just less diverse. The other night, actually, the night before, I had way more Red Sox. That item way more proportion. I had like Red Sox in a third of my lineups, only because they were they were significantly underowned for what their ceiling was. So the more that they're underowned the more I want to play of that stack. So that's how I do it in proportion. So if it, so like Atlanta and Houston yesterday were not under-owned. They were over-owned. But they also were the two highest projected stacks. So I'm not Xing them out seems stupid. But I'm not going to play, play as many lineups with them. And the lineups that I play, I'm going to try to not have it be Acuna, Freeman, Albies, Riley. Right, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm trying to try to or Almonte, right? Because he was. He was chalky on DraftKings at least. He was still chalky on FanDuel a little bit. So still play the team, but play them a little bit differently. They still project well, but I'm not playing like 10% of everything. It's going to be in proportion to how 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 higher EV I believe the stack is. That makes the lineups higher EV. If you want to diversify, if you want to diversify. You don't mind humongous swings, like huge, huge swings. Feel free to just lock in a stack, lock in a team. Say I'm playing 100% of this team in a, as many different combinations as possible. And then whatever happens, you could. That team puts up two runs. I mean, your lineups, you might as well just throw out. I mean, you lose you, you minus 97% on the day. How many of those days can you survive? Right? You do that every day. I hope you have a large enough bankroll to survive those swings. You could find lot. You could find lineups that are just as good, have similar expected values that aren't those teams. So that's what I, that's essentially what I'm trying to do. But how many how how many of the higher plus EV lineups are there? I the, the lower on the team is in rel- relation to their projection, the more plus EV lineups there are of that team. Hence, I want to play more of them. Uh, Grimble, can you show your MLB cash contest selection percentages like you did with NBA? Typically, I'm trying to fit 50 to 60% in head-to-heads, like 30% or so in double-ups or 50-50s, and like 5 to 10% or whatever in triple-ups, quintuple-ups or whatever. That's diverse but you can do any way you want it doesn't matter you're trying to find the weakest opponents largest fields weakest opponents that's i mean essentially that's if there's a head-to-head some schmuck posting uh 215 head-to-heads i'm gonna play them instead not gonna find that often at all if that was the case that's what i would be playing so it said we're talking about diversification you find the weakest opponents wherever you are whatever stake level whatever you know three-man lobby whatever whatever you want to do do I ever four stacks in my MLB cash lineup? No, because you don't need correlation in your cash lineup. You have to understand the purpose of cash games. You have to understand the, the difference between a double up and a GPP, okay? 
It's the payout structure. How does the payout structure look in the GPP? It looks like a hockey stick, right? It's like it starts over here, right? And the 20, the, the, the top, you know, 24% mark, right? right? You have to get to like that mark, the 76th percentile, right? And then it starts that 1.5x, 2x, 2, and then it's just like at the end, it's like hockey stick to the top. Okay. What does the payout structure of a double up look like? It's nothing until the 55th percentile where it's double. And it doesn't, it stays there because first place and 20th place, whatever, pays the same amount. So you don't need to be first. You just have to get over the line. That's it. Your goal is to maximize your probability of getting over the line. In GPPs, you have to maximize your probability of getting first. So in order to maximize your probability of getting first, you have to increase the variance of your lineup. And you increase the variance of your lineup and gain relative value. And you do that by correlating and applying leverage, ownership discount. Lowering your projection, doing so, increases your probability of winning first, but it also increases your probability of finishing last, right? So you you should, in GPPs, your lineup should be built for this type of reverse curve, where it's less likely to finish in like the min cash zone. That's horrible for double ups because you don't get anything more for coming in first. So you want you want to build lineups <coughs> that have more of a normal distribution curve, a bell curve, right? A lineup that is unlikely to finish in first, unlikely to finish in last, but very likely to finish in the middle, which means you're trying to lower the lineup's variance, the complete opposite. And to lower the variance, you actually want to remove correlation, right? Where two events are tied to one another. You don't want to have to rely on one team, right? You want to have the highest projection and the lowest variance. (coughs) Now, if the highest projection ends up being four guys from the same team, then so be it. But I can even understand that you take, you, you play a lineup that is one point projected lower that doesn't have four of one team that only has two of that team. So you're not stuck in a position where that team gets blanked. I can understand that. You're giving up a little bit of projection to get lower variance. But really, you're just playing the best value you can. Correlation is there to increase the variance of your lineup. So in double ups, there's no, there's no need to increase the variance. You don't, you know, 100 band 50-50, coming in 50th pays the same as coming in first. You don't get any extra money for those extra points. So don't you don't even bother trying for it. Here's a good question. Michael Dampier, do you have any thoughts on the viability of stacking the Angels on days where Otani is pitching? Might seem like a stupid question, but he absorbs so much of the production in the offense. Yes, I agree with you. I'm much less likely to stack the Angels. Uh, I'm, I'll play the one-offs. I'll play Walsh. I'll play Rendon if he's in. I'll play whoever, Ward, whoever's in the lineup. Stasi. No, the, the problem with the problem with Otani it just you'll stack the Angels, and if Otani gets any of the production, it just comes out. You can't. It's it's points you can't get, and it's not like an oh well. You could say that about any pitcher, right? They bat ninth or what? I mean, like, yeah, but they're they're not good hitters. Like they're unlikely to get production anyway. Otani is a great hitter. So the fact that these sites have not made it so you could roster him as either a pitcher or a batter. 
That's what they should do. It's a tech problem. Why can't we do it? It's 2021. Why can't we do this draft? Why can't we have Otani the pitcher and Otani the hitter? So you could actually roster Otani in two spots, right? You could play Otani in your pitcher spot and Otani. And you don't have to do but you don't have to do both. You could decide to just play Otani as the hitter. He's priced at what, 5,200 or something, and you play him in the stack, but you can't. But you're right, especially when he bats second. If he's on base or he's up with other people on base, these are points that are not correlated to anyone. Any points that he gets actually takes away from opportunities from other people. So yes, I'm, I'm, I, I, I typically don't stack the Angels when Otani's pitching. But like I said, I could play one-offs. Uh, let's see. Nightline 21 was the last time you won a major contest. I don't know what you consider major. I've won a soccer. I won soccer contests. Came in second in MLB, what, two weeks ago? A week and a half ago? 50K in NFL this past season. I play for first. I play for the big, big, big ones. Which means all I need is one or two a year, and I'm, I'm... I'm flying high. I'm good. Yeah, Daniel Hutchins agrees with me about the softness on FanDuel. Broke even on DK NBA this year, but crushed F, uh, FanDuel NBA. Same, same for me. Yeah, NBA on DraftKings was, I, I made a small profit this past season. FanDuel was, was amazing. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Samuel Johnson says, I've noticed lately playing DK, the double up cash line and triple up is sometimes the same or like one or two points difference. Should we focus more on triple ups possibly then? No, you're what this is, this is, this is the, the misconceptions people have. Cat, I'm going to, I'm going to say this is going to sound, it's going to sound stupid. The cash line of cash games is higher than that of GPP. Okay. Most people think the other way. Like, oh, it's a 50, oh, if it pays a 55%, right? 50%, whatever. Cash game, cash lines are higher than GPPs. Now, when you cash in a double up, you get 2X. When you cash in a GPP, you get 1.5X. So understand the difference there. To get to the 2X line, which is typically around 18%, that line, that line and double ups is about the same. It's close. But what's what's the reason for it? It's because typically there aren't as many bad players that play cash games, that play double ups, that play head to heads. You're competing against much stronger field, even at the dollar level, even if you're playing a dollar. NFL, you get a little bit more casual, right? The, the NFL is a little bit easier because there's more, more attention paid. I mean, more people play NFL, DFS. But it's it's because of the strength of the field, your opponents. I say in the course, the number one thing, if you want to get theoryofdfs.com, the 100% number one, there's nothing more important. There's no single variable that is more, that is more, uh, that more affects your ROI, that more affects your ability to win the more affects your win rate than the strength of your opponents, than your, the relative skill between you and who you're playing against. 
End of story. You could you you could right now not be, be an average DFS player. If you could find the dumbest people, you're going to be the most you'll be the most profitable one. Can you find the dumbest people? If you're playing fifty dollar twenty two man cash games in MLB, you're likely not finding the dumbest people. You're actually finding probably the smartest people. Maybe you get one or two dumb people, and maybe they're not even that dumb. They're just average, right? You play, you play the the four dollar and forty four cent large field contest on FanDuel. Go look, go look at the bottom ten percent, fifteen percent of lineups in that contest. Oh, tons of dumb people, tons of dumb people. GPPs are easier, but the payout structure makes it that, like, you need to aim for, for you need to aim for first to take advantage of that. But in cash games, but it's it's not like this isn't 2013 anymore. It's 2021. People don't get excited. People want the, the, the or ordinary average Joe wants to spend ten dollars to win a hundred thousand. That's 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 it's a lottery mentality. I'm going to spend ten to I'm going to spend a little to win a lot. So they're attracted to more of those types of contests, and being that. They're attracted. That's where I want to be. It sucks that the payout structures are the way they are. I wish they were flatter. But I can't get away from the fact that that's that's where the softest fields are. And since that's going to be the the, the variable that controls your ROI, as long as you as long as you have good bankroll management, that's that's going to be where you're the, the most profitable. So if you're if you're playing double ups, if you're playing head to heads on a site or something like that. And you're spinning your wheels, breaking even, losing a little to the rake, losing, getting a little bit extra, either find weaker opponents, or or uh, deploy your 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 bankroll in better spots. Don't play cash games. MLB. I'm not. I'm not very big into cash games in MLB. I'm I'm breaking even on on cash games overall. Right now, I can't even stay. I can't even stay up. Right, I've been playing soccer in the morning. I go to sleep at like twelve thirty. I don't even know what happened on the slate. The Giants hits hit four more runs. I was I was dead. I was sleeping already. But like cash games are, I don't focus on. I don't. I'll play the highest projected lineup in the projections and just do that a while. Maybe grind out three to five percent. Okay, well, hmm. eh. whatever. And then I'll deploy it towards the site that has the weaker opponents. Like I saw on NBA this past year. Started out with an even distribution. And then by the end, I'm like, I'm playing like 70, 75% of my, my action on FanDuel. And why wouldn't I? I'm beating it for, for a much more significant percentage. I'm finding where the weaker opponents are. That's the, Do I know who they are specifically? No, all I know is that... Well, I'm making more money there with the similar lineups. I'm, I'm doing the same things, right? Yahoo or something like that. And if you could bum hunt, if you could find three mans and head to heads, it's hard to do it nowadays. You find it's, you can't, you don't really find $215 head to heads, $530 head to heads with some random no badge guy. It doesn't happen. Maybe five years ago, it happened a little bit more often. So most likely, even in your $1 double ups, you're going to face a much 
stronger field than in in, a, in the twenty max four dollar in a GPP. People that are oh, I'm going to play a one dollar double up. Typically, are making decent lineups, decent median lineups. The problem is, is that in GPPs, people are making median lineups when they shouldn't be. Brian C says, just because you finish in the bottom 10% of the standings doesn't mean you're a dumb lineup builder, though. No, you look at the lineups. Look at the bottom 10. A lot of times, look at the bottom 10%. There are plenty of dumb lineups. Plenty. No, if I see uh, someone stacked, yesterday, someone put together a a Twins-Mets 4-4 on FanDuel with the Grum. Like, that's not a dumb lineup. You could find dumb lineups. You find a lot of them, especially on FanDuel. And DraftKings also. Download the CSV. Take a look. Take a look at how many people have absolute have eight one-offs, right? Like have no stacking, no nothing. People playing the pitchers that are, you know, that an 8K pitcher that is already, you know, oh, he's going to be in a 50 pitch limit, and they're okay. There's there's a hundred people that played that guy, right? People that play injured, players that aren't even in the lineup, right? Someone, so, you know, it's a, oh, Cleveland stacks with Austin he- with Hedges who got scratched. Okay, that's someone that didn't pay attention, right? If someone's out of like, a, Byron Buxton, a one-off for no apparent reason. He's not even in the lineup. You could find those lineups. Ronald Coley asks, how can you be dumb playing MLB though? It's all such a crapshoot. Literally, literally anything happen, can happen in the game. It's a lot with roster construction. We have projections. Most likely the Cubs yesterday were not a good team to stack, right? From a projection standpoint. Did we know that DeGrom would get hurt? I mean, they did, I mean, what, Rizzo had a home run or something. They did some things after that, you know, DeGrom came out of the game. But even if you played the Cubs, you'd play, okay, I'm going to play a Cubs five-man stack on draft. Okay. Okay. That At least at least you get the correlation there. You get the leverage off of a high, high on DeGrom. So you're going to play five-man Cubs, and then then what? Then you pro- then play, you know, or a four-man on, on FanDuel. Let's say you play a four-man on FanDuel. You still you can still play Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna in that lineup. But you'll see people that'll, that they won't even stay. It'll, they'll play three Cubs, and then this guy, and then that thing, and then like just, if you ran, if you ran a, if you ran a sim on, on the lineups, it would be like, this lineup has such a low ROI. There's a negative. I mean, it's just a ridiculous, like, what are you thinking type of lineups? You can, you can do it. You could analyze this stuff. Okay. You could take, you could take the entire CSV of a contest when it's, when it's finished, when you have, when, when you have all the ownership, right. When, once the last game locks, so you have all of the lineups, all of them fold filled out. If you take, all the, the CSV of that, of everyone's lineups, and the projections that you use, you could run a sim and run the and run a simulation of the contest. Simulate simulate all all, all the the entire the, the entire slate. You simulate it once. You simulate it twice. You simulate simulate it ten thousand times, and put in the payout structure from one to whatever. 12,000, whatever, like that, and just keep on running it. Just keep, as long as you have the core, as long as you have the correlations between the players, as long as you have all that information, 
you could run a simulation and you could see which lineups based on your projections or whatever projections you use, which is which which stands to profit the most the longer and longer you run the same. You could run it as long as you want, but I mean it's gonna tie up, you know, CPU. It's gonna take you a while. You want to run it a million times, you get to leave it on overnight or something. Then you look. So if you if you download the CSV of DraftKings, you can't do it on FanDuel, but if you dra- do it on DraftKings, you'll find in those large feet in the bat flip, you'll find five percent, you'll find like five percent of lineups that have like that have like negative, negative 80% ROIs. Like anything under zero is bad, right? I mean, like, like it's going to lose to the rake. But you see some at the bottom, negative 80. I mean, because obviously like some of them have like, a, a, it's it's all one-offs and then like two guys. I mean, just, it, some of these look really weird. You look and they, they, they have projections that are 60 to 70 points lower for no reason, just no reason whatsoever, leaving 2,000 on the table or something. I mean, just bad lineups. Or, and then you'll what you'll find also in that sim is a ton, most a ton of lineups that are in like the minus five percent type of range. That's that's the biggest edge in GPPs. So you'll you'll simulate that and you'll see ROIs of like minus six, minus seven, minus three, right? And typically those are like the chalk, the chalk chalk lineups. Oh, I'm gonna take uh, the Astros and the Braves and Degrom and. Everyone's going to be fifteen percent or plus. Owner, you know, it's like like those types of lineups that have no relative value to them. So it's like, oh, they cash a lot, right? And, and, and if you simulate it out, they get to that one point five x. They get to that two x a lot. But over time, you know, ten you run it ten thousand times. They're actually, you know, they lose out to the rake or barely. They break even. They're in somewhere close to that. And then you find the lineups that are like you know plus plus fourteen percent. Plus 33, you, you find some that are like way high, but also absurdly variant. Like you could, you could find some that, that have, you know, plus 58% ROI, but why aren't I playing that lineup? It's like, well, it's a pirate. St- I mean, it's like, it's a, it's, it's, it's like all 1% owned, whatever. It's like, you know, when it wins, like you ran 10,000 simulations, it's like, it, it like, it like wins three times and then comes in like top 10, like a couple other times and then just dies. Right, that distribution is just ridiculous. It's like you could, yeah, sure, but I wouldn't play a lot of lineups like that. That's something you could, if 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 you if you study statistics, take a statistics class, learn some type of statistical software, whether it be you could learn R, you could do stuff in Python, you could do a lot of stuff in Excel. If you if you know what you're doing in Excel, you could do a lot of this stuff. You could do Solver. And you could run that. You could you you can do it. There's stuff there's stuff available on GitHub. If you know how to hack through stuff, I don't. So I typically because I don't I don't know Python. If it, it was yeah, I know Perl. I mean I know stuff from twenty years ago, so I have no idea. But you could do that. You could simulate it out. So these lineups are bad lineups. Let's see. Daniel Hutchings says, for GPPs, my analogy shows the weakest fields in the large large single entry contests. No, no, I, I agree with that as well. Because people play too conservative. Right, of course. I mean, I mean, I, I, how, how, how often have I said that over the past God knows how many years? That I play more contrarian in single entry. Like it sounds weird to say, but it's because that uh, chalk is even chalkier. 
doesn't mean you play one percent on guys. It just means that that you know if the Braves are if the Braves are going to be the highest owned stack, uh, and Acuna is going to be thirty two percent owned in the large field, he may be fifty percent owned in single entry. Well, that, I just I could X out the Braves in single entry at that point. But do I have to play? Do I have to play the Cubs against the Grom? No, of course not. It just means because the Braves are even higher on than they should be, all these other teams are lower on than they should. Now you can start pick pick whatever one you want. Play Minnesota. Okay, there, they're they're in single entry, they're 3% owned. In large field, they're 8% owned. Right? Because people are more likely to be risky in large field GPPs. They still play too conservatively, but not as conservatively as, as they do in single entry. Oh, let's see. J10, using the RG extension, can you talk about what would you consider a good single-entry tournament contest? I mean, I don't necessarily use the extension. I enter my contests out on my phone. Single-entry, they're typically good. On DraftKings, the single-entry ones are pretty good. Typically, what I would like to see is 10th place be 10% of first place. Because that's the only part of the curve that I care about. The min cash line, I don't care. I'm not aiming for that. It pays out the top 24% versus the top 15%. No, I'd rather just pay out the top 15%. What if it's 1.5X or 2X? I don't care about that at that rate. I care about the top 10. I care about the top. 10,000 to first, 1,000 to 10th. Okay, now that makes sense. Now that curve is much flatter. That's why we have to like the 121 or something on DraftKings. It's like 5,000 to first, 4,000 to second, 3,000 to third, 2,500, 2,000, 1,500, 1,000. Like, oh, this is beautiful. They made it 10,000, 4,000, 2,000, 1,000. That's just a hockey stick. You only be pro- You have to win first so many times in order to be profitable. I want to be able to come in eighth and not lose money. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. That you could hit the top 10 and still make money on the day, even if you max entered it. Like that's kind of the, like, the, I'm not saying you should max enter it, but that's what you really should be, should be looking for. If, if you want to, if we want to lower, you know, lower the swings in your play. And so you, you don't have to like just lose 92% of the time, you know, oh, I'm, I lost almost all my bankroll and boom, and you're good, right? I'd rather be more more consistent, less swings. Leroy says, hey, Blender, I just want to stop by and thank you for all the knowledge you drop on here in your masterclass. Because of you, I forgot what it's like to hit that deposit button. Okay, good luck. Do, 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 do. DF, DFS degenerate. Seems like I'm just breaking even on cash games. At what point are you wasting your time? How much time are you wasting? I don't mind playing cash games because it literally takes me less than a minute to make my cash work. In sports like in sports with projections, so I don't mind. I don't really mind that much. But I, like I said, I, I'm not. I, I am not a cash game player. I do not play cash games. I may be. I may invest in cash games, but it's not. It's not. It's not. It's a focus of one less than one percent of my mind share. Completely, I focus ninety nine percent on GPPs. So yes, I made I made plenty of money in NBA cash games this past year. It's not that hard to just say what's the highest projected lineup and just put it in. 
How long does that take? 30 seconds? You do it on three sites. Okay. Uh, now it takes 90 seconds. I'm spending all my time on GPP stuff, but there's way many more variables. So if you're just breaking even, play them, don't play them, whatever. If, if you're breaking even, you're not losing money, but how much time are you spending on that? If you're spending an hour on cash games. I, to me, that's like ridiculously too long. Then yeah, maybe it's not worth it. That hour of time. Danny Lewis, Jordan, approximately what sort of dollar value versus ownership do you look for? Not nothing. I don't look at players. I look at lineups. Once, once it finally clicks for you that it's lineups, not players. That's when you start winning at DFS. Okay. I don't pick players. I do not pick players in DFS. I have no care in the world about players. I played golf lineups today. I played golf, I have 300 golf lineups today. No care in the world about who they are. No care. I have not, I could, I, I just, I could have just X'd out the, the, the name field. Turns out I played a bunch of Colin Marikawa and Abraham answer. Now I know who these people are. I mean, but I haven't followed golf or anything. But, but based on the projections that I've sorted and applied with versus ownership, that they they they're underowned. Well, it turns out Marikawa isn't as underowned as I. I I've more Marikawa. I thought Marikawa would be lower owned, right? It, you can only go by projected ownership. So like. I would have less, I, I wouldn't have as much more cow if I knew he was going to be, what, is he 18% owned? I thought he would end up being like 12% owned. Answer I'm fine with. So that's all you're doing. And then building lineups. You already have the numbers. Either you have your own model or you're subscribed to a model or something that's reasonable, reasonably accurate. Reasonably better than your own head. And then all you're doing is building lineups. Okay. So if you look at here, like for instance, here's FanDuel, okay? If I go to stacks, 4-4. Four, four. Let's do 4-4 four, four stacks. Uh, no more than 10% of whatever, whatever. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter, okay? Build. Just build some. I'm not going to build all 150 or anything. Just get some lineups. I'll stop it. Maybe won't even give me the right distribution if I do this. Let's see. Okay. Okay. One thirty-seven. One thirty. Okay. Let's 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 put it down to twenty. Twenty. Let's get two v twos. Just whatever. 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 This running. It doesn't matter. Just to get some lineups. The numbers I put in is going to be tough with twenty lineups. Ten percent. It's one. What? Two lineups. Gives it, gives it a little bit more work to do, okay? I already have the numbers. I don't care. I don't need the players. I just need the lineups, okay? Delete the other ones. So here we go, 135. This is just medians. Obviously, it's a little bit different if you look at ceiling. Obviously, uh, Aaron Judge is not going to be 0% owned. So I, I, you can't even go by these numbers, right? Who are the Yankees playing? No way he's doing The Yankees are going to be 0% owned. What? Are you kidding me? Are they on the slate? What's going on? Why? When, why am I getting Yankees? And they're not? Are they? Are they not on the slate? 
clearing the FanDuel slate? What's going on? See, I don't even know what's going on today. Oh, yeah, the Yankees are here, right, against Zoich. I think that's how you pronounce his name. All right, we've judged at zero percent. Yeah, that, that's that's obviously wrong. But whatever. Well, you use that number just in, just whatever. The numbers are in there. You change them before you do this. So I'm just looking. 135, 134, 132, 131, 130, 130. So here, here's two lineups. Here, here, perfect example. We got we got a perfect example, people. Okay, based on these numbers. Based, based on our judge being not owned, okay, we're just going to base it on that. Okay, if this was true, these ownerships were true. Lineup 10 down here is like, like you'd, you'd play this lineup like a million times over this top, this lineup up over here. Like this is like, look, look how lower owned this lineup is compared to this lineup. And the projection difference is like 0.7, right? A three quarters of a point difference and you drop like 100 points in ownership, right? So you play this line. Did I tell you who's in this lineup? This, this, is, this lineup is a 4-4 of the Cardinals and the Brewers with these guys. And this one is a lineup with the Rockies and the Yankees. Two completely different teams. Completely. It's literally the only lineup, the only thing that these lineups share is Joe Musgrove. Yet... The projections of these two lineups are almost the same, and one is like five times less owned. Now, obviously, I think the Yankees are going to be higher on than this, so it's it's still going to be lower on than one thirty eight, probably. Did I am I playing Paul Goldschmidt over CJ Crone, or I'm not making any? I'm not doing that. Should I play Trevor Story or should I play Willie Adamas? I'm not. I'm not thinking. I don't. I don't care about the players. I care about the lineups. I want to see if there are more lineups like this. Are there more lineups around 130 that give me this? I want to play more of these types of lineups. Maybe that has the Yankees and another team. Maybe it has the Mets and what I'm just looking for that range. Right? Hence why you could get ones that have higher projection and lower ownership by comparing the projections to the owners by by you know looking at what stacks are being higher projected than what they plan to be played. Because that those are more likely to give you obviously higher projections and lower of these numbers. Hence, why if I if according to what I'm looking at, the Red Sox yesterday or whatever are underowned, that means I'm going to get more projection than the field is playing them at. That means I'm going to get more of them in lineup HQ. I'm going to get I'm going to get higher of these numbers and lower of those numbers. So I already know that. I already, conceptually I already know that. So I don't even have to, I don't have to run these to. Oh, let me see which teams. No, I, I. Once you do this over and over and over again, and you know the concepts. You know that. Oh well, if you played, you knew Abraham Almonte is going to be high owned in lineups with Cole and Degrom on DraftKings yesterday because he's twenty seven hundred and batting cleanup for the Braves. I mean, like you, you know what the construction is going to look like, right? Marvin Gonzalez is probably in those lineups also in order to get the jam in the two stud pitchers. And second base sucks, so you're going to play. Gonzalez for 2,300 in second base. And then, oh, now you have Freeman in there. Like, you can just visualize what these lineups are going to look like. But at the end of the day, you're just playing lineups. So I'm not picking players. I'm not saying I want to play Christian Yelich. All I know is that he projects for 15.6 at 35% ownership. Can I build lineups with him in it 
that give me around 130 points and give me less, give me, you know, 70 ownership sum or something. Can I? How many of those lineups can I build? And anything that I can't build that low, then I don't play, which means I'll probably have less Christian Yelich. Bing! There you go. I mean, that's, it just had, maybe he ends up fitting in line. Maybe there are, maybe there are plenty of under-owned stacks that, yeah, I could, there, there's, there's five different under-owned stacks and I could play the under-owned stack the under own pitcher and well now the highest projection for that for that lineup gives me Yelich in the utility spot. Okay, so maybe I end up with 38%. Yeah, maybe I end up with way more Yelich. Because actually there's ways to get him in to a lot of lineups that still are leveraged enough for the, the contest that I'm in. But I'm not picking him because I did my it it doesn't it does it's not based on do I think Yelich is gonna do good. It's not based on, is he projected well? It's not even based on his own ownership. It's based on the lineups that I can make with that projection and that ownership. Can I make a Brewers stack, a chalk Brewers stack with Adamas, Garcia, and Yelich and still get low enough ownership on it? Maybe maybe there aren't as many lineups. Maybe there are a few. Maybe there are some. Maybe there are none. There are none that I don't play, I, and then you don't you don't see me with a Brewers four man stack. Maybe there are some. Maybe there's maybe maybe there's five I want to play. Maybe there's five that hit that threshold. No, okay, maybe okay, I'll play five, which means I'll have less of those those players. Not because I'm picking players, I'm picking items. It's one of the t- some of the most most important concepts that you could learn about playing DFS. We don't play with players. We play with lineups. And if you took a look, like we could take a look here. Let's let's do this. I'm not even gonna let's see. Let's uh build the rules. Let's set uh unique players one. Let's set stacks four four. Let's make me gives it a little bit more leeway. Build 50. Let's see if I can do this. Let's see. Let's see if this is going to come up well enough. It's only a one unique player, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Jason Garnett says, uh, "I think it 100 matters who the players. And MLB this year, if you play like I do, then you'll see min price players 2K or less uh, than 2.5K who can constantly pop up and crush their EV at salary. Their whole key's takedowns is identifying them. Nope, you're absolutely wrong. Players do not matter in DFS." Now, is that 2K player that projects well going to be in lineups? Yeah, sure. Obviously, you have a 2K player that projects for 7 million points. It's probably going to be 100% of my lineups. The play, I, I already have the numbers here. I don't care about the players. I'm not picking players. Top DFS players do not pick players at all. Individual players do not matter. How many times do I have to say this? Let's take a look. I'm gonna get the somebody get the same type of lineups. Let's see. This 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 is close enough. I think this is close enough. Let's see. Okay, yeah, this is close enough. Oh yeah, perfect. Okay, here we go. Here's two lineups. Two lineups that are on, lineup ten and lineup twelve. Okay. Project one thirty five point nine nine. This is one thirty five point nine seven. It's a difference of point oh two, which is like nothing. Okay. This is a 
Braves, Brewers. This is a Rays Brewers. Okay. So Narvaez, Narvaez, Adamas, Adamas, Garcia. Okay, it shares the same exact Brewers. So this is obviously a 4v4 because obviously Lowe, Wendell, Arazarina, Joy, Albies, Riley, Almonte, Acuna. If you ask me which, which lineup to play, look, and they're actually literally the same ownership sum. They're, the only difference is 0. 0.02. 0.02. So I guess in all technicality, this top lineup is is like you can't even see it. It's like a hair, a hair, a hair better, a hair. But like if you if you were to say to me which lineup should I play, just flip a coin, dude. I mean anything within within even a half a point, a point. Well, should I play the Braves with the bro with the uh, Brewers? Let's say this is a single entry contest, right? Let's so you, you don't even care about having this much ownership in you. You go, which one do I play? I sell whichever one you want. Play whichever lineup you want. Mathematically, these lineups are like equal to each other. Like virtual, I mean, 0.02. Okay. In the grand scheme of things, that's, you're not going to see the difference of that in like a million. You have to play a million slates in order to see that difference. So it's like, well, which one do you, well, what am I, let me take a look. No, you, everything's already in the numbers. So there's nothing else to take a look at. You have two lineups that project the same and own the same. Mathematically, as long as the numbers are accurate, the lineups are equal to each other. So it doesn't matter if you play. Can you find other lineups that are around here and around lower? You'd rather lower than 204. So here, here, 135.97. Okay, so this is very similar to this. This is slightly less. If you're playing Zunino, over Choi. I think that's the only difference between these two lineups. Right? The only is I think that's the only difference, right? 11.6 to Garcia Adamas oh, Vogelbach instead of Narvaez. So it's a it's a two, it's a it's a one, two v two, whatever. 135.97, 135.97, but slightly slightly lower ownership. Well, this lineup is better than that one. Just because of the 13 point difference in ownership. Well, so you're just telling me that Zunino and Vogelback are better than Narvaez and Choi? Well, it's the lineups are equal. If you took out the Brewers here and you put a different team there, then the lineup itself sucks, right? You go, I'm going to put the Mets in this lineup. Well, the, 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 now, now the projection of this lineup goes down 20 points. Okay. Well, that ruins that lineup. You got here's, here's another one. 135.95 at 201. With the Braves. Here's another raise. I mean, these lineups are like almost equal to each other. 218, 147. See, here's a good one. You know, with the Rockies in it. With Luis Urias instead of, so you could fit Crone in there. Your Blackman story, 135.75, which is like a quarter of a point difference. Less ownership. Here's obviously the Yankees, even though the Yankees kind of ownership is, that's, that's not going to be that. But that's it. That's... Now, that $2,500 min price guy that projects for 12 points is probably going to be fitting in everywhere in order to give you a high enough projection, even if he's going to be 70% owned. And maybe you decide to play him in some lineups, and maybe you could build lineups without him that lo- obviously it'll lower your projection, but you also get much less ownership. So that's, that's all you're looking for. Lineups, not players. What's the difference in this lineup? Here's uh, Taylor Wolves, 172, 134.99. 
I mean, you could just there's not that much difference between most of the lineups that I I'm, I'm even showing on the screen within the scope of areas. Obviously, ones that are lower project. Like we go down to here's 102.51. But you're look look how much ownership you're getting off of this. Maybe there's a large field lineup at best. Justin Dunn, you're probably not playing him on FanDuel. Right, 130, 113, right? Start coming up here. Maybe start looking in the 126 range. Here's a, here's a oh, Seattle. You get less ownership. You are not getting 204 here. We're getting 130. Here, you're getting you're getting all you're getting your your leverage here. You're playing Padres, Rays, and you're playing a non-owned equity. Right? You could do that. Here's his Braves Mariners. 122. So yeah, you're giving up projection. Is that enough ownership to get for it? That that's this is all this is. Lineups, not players. You already have the numbers, right? Oh, the cheap guy that's gonna whatever. Okay, I could just sort by point per dollar and see that. Great, Brandon Lowe, twenty eight hundred. Right, who is it on DraftKings today? Let's see. Kiermaier, Almonte. Look, Almonte's twenty two hundred. He's three like there. There you go. Identifying, I could see them. It's not it's not that hard. It's 2,200. He projects for 7.58. Just sort by point, the point per dollar column. How hard is it to identify that? It just matters of what lineups does he fit into and what lineups does he not fit into and how owned is he going to be? Is he only going to be 8% owned? Is Kiermaier going to be 23% owned? I don't think so. This ownership ain't right. This is going to change. Almonte's going to draft. He's just, he's what? He's 2,200. I'm not scared of John Gant or whatever his name is. So maybe he's 30% owned. Okay. Are you going to play him for that? What lineups does he fit into? Yeah, sure. He fits into lineups that are going to be a billion percent owned. Those aren't good lineups. Those are good lineups for cashing. But not good lineups for winning. Okay. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Let me thumbs. Uh, Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. The notification bell to know when we go live. Grinders live coming up later today. Then crunch time for premium members. And all, all the stuff that I talk about. Lineups, not players. Correlation, leverage, projection, everything. It's all explained in the theory of daily fantasy sports. How to think like a professional DFS player. It's a 15-hour audio masterclass. Goes through everything. It's all structured education. So you don't have to get pits and pieces and all these different shows and everything. So it's all in there. People listen to it multiple times. Covers any sport. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the sport is. It's game theory. Game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, and psychology. You'll see that uh, this entire course, don't, I don't, I purposely name it player selection even though it has nothing to do with that. It really doesn't. Doesn't talk about finding the best players. Talks about beating other human people at a game by playing lineups that have higher win expectations than your opponents. That that's that's your whole goal. That's your whole goal in DFS. So go to theoryofdfs.com and pick that up. Uh, hopefully, results DB is results DB back up. It'll be back by, back up by tomorrow. I'm assuming by tomorrow. I'll have to, to yell at someone. Back up by tomorrow so we can review today's slate, tonight's slate, 
Then we have Casual Friday tomorrow. So I'll see you back then. So I'm here, as I always am, Mondays through Fridays at 11 o'clock Eastern for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 